This is the Campus Report, where we sit down with a graduate from high school currently enrolled in college, giving them the chance to talk about what they're studying and what it's like transitioning from high school into college, and what it might take for them to choose small-town America as their adult destination. Stay with us for this episode of the Campus Report. Hey, welcome back to the Campus Report. I'm Craig Weinberg, sitting in studio with Alex Papowski, alone. This That's time. right. Last time you were here, um, Sean was I with had Sean. Yeah, yeah. Sean Stemsrud. You guys aren't in the same college, correct? No. Okay. He already went back. His classes started on Monday. So does that make you a slacker? No, <laughs> I would say not, because he started break a week before I did as well. Ah. So, pull that mic closer to you. Is that better? You gotta love it. Take the whole arm. There you go. Ooh, that's better. There we go. All right. Um, what's happening? You're uh, in the uh, Morehead. Morehead. That's Morehead, correct. Say, the dragons. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Fire breathers. Coolest mascot ever. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, school's <laughs> good. Okay. School's good. Is I don't. I mean, I didn't have that many expectations going in, and they. I don't know. I mean, it's good. <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> so did you not anticipate it being different than high school? Well, I did, but I didn't know in what ways that it would be. Okay. And so how, how, has it, how is it different? So much more freedom just in every aspect. I mean, that goes for classes, at, like in and out of classes, because when you're in class, your teachers, or your professors, I should say, um... They're more just there as like a guide rather than telling you every little step of everything. And then once you're out of class, you're on your own. You do whatever you need to do or want to do. Is it hard? Um, in some ways. I mean, there uh, there was obviously a transition between having like a helping hand and then not so much. So you haven't spent the first half of the year just partying. No, Is that sir. What you're telling me? That's correct. So now we're off the air. Have you been no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh good. That's exciting. Don't need to waste your time there. That's right. Uh what are you learning? Well, I actually changed my major. Oh, to what? Or well, you were going to be history. I was going correct? to be a history teacher. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going into film production. Well, that's a little different. A little bit quite the change. Um, what was the cause of this change? Well, I was taking some history classes and they just didn't really feel right anymore, I guess. And I had a couple friends that were film production majors. And I mean, obviously I love film. I love movies and all that. And so I knew that I wanted to change my major, but I didn't know to what for a long time. And wait, then, wait, 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 wait. You knew you wanted to change before you went to school? Or after no, you got there, you knew it was there? I was ready to change after probably a month or two. And then... Are, are history professors just boring? No, I don't think that it was... I mean, it wasn't really the classes, I wouldn't say. There was one that I was not doing very well, and I dropped that class pretty early on because it was an upper-level class, 
And that kind of made me start thinking, well, eventually I'm going to have to take this class. And if it doesn't interest me now, there's a good chance it won't interest me later either. <laughs> and so I started thinking maybe this isn't really what I want to do. And so, like I said, I started to look at other options and um, I was just, I was really lost on what to do for a good chunk of time. And finally my mom said, she's like, you know, you like film, obviously, maybe you should just do that. And so I did. I changed my major. Is that and, at the same school? Yes. Um, do they have a decent film program? They do. They have the only actual film production, like that's being the major. That's the one of the only ones in quite a radius. Like, because I know, say, take Albert, for example. Mm-hmm. He's going to DSU. Mm-hmm. And his major isn't technically film. It's like digital arts with an emphasis in film. But they don't have a film production major. Hmm. And so um, I've kind of gotten to see some of their program as well because um, earlier in the year, it was I think it was early October, they went on a trip to the South Dakota Film Festival and... It wasn't, you know, closed to the major or anything. So I went along with, and we were there for three days. Where? In Aberdeen. And there were a lot of... Were there rides and were there carnies and stuff there? No, no. It was at the, I believe it's the <laughs> Capitol Theater yeah. on Main Street. And, um, yeah, we were there all day for three days just watching... You know, is it all that primarily regional? For the most part, there were a few that were coming from rather far away. Right. There was a few from like New York. There was one person from Thailand that had submitted their film there. Um, was any of it any good? Some of them were actually very good. There were also some rather bad ones. What does bad mean? Production value or content? More content. Because, okay. I mean, if you're able to put something together, you got to respect it no matter what it really is. Do you really? I think so. Okay. I think any movie has its merit if it's been made at all because there was work that was put into it no matter how it ended up coming out. So if the outcome, like if the story is garbage, mm-hmm. let's say, I mean, it's a bad story or maybe it's a... Uh, immoral story mm-hmm. does that still have merit that okay it's good that that got made and people got forced at some level mm-hmm. to watch it encouraged at some level i think so i think it does because obviously someone had the idea they managed to gather the resources and the people to get it made and so there's probably someone out there that was meant to see that and to enjoy it that's how i look at All it right. anyway um how has the community life campus life been at school. It's been it's been really good. Um I I mean even just talking to my other friends that are in college, they seem to have a rather different experience than I have had. Um mostly because I've formed a very large group of friends and most of them are actually living on my floor in my dorm building. That's where just about all of them live. And as far as I know, that's even rather unique on our campus because I've heard that 
like I've heard from some RAs and stuff that other floors and other buildings talk about us because we're kind of just one collective unit. Huh. Yeah. So it's interesting. What's the enrollment number again there? I want to say it's around 6,000 maybe. I can look it up real quick. Does it feel crowded? No, not at all. Um, Because for the most part, the dorm buildings are on like one side of the street. Mm -hmm. And then all the class buildings are just kind of in a big square. It's like a pretty much like a one block, one square block campus. For the most part. How close to Concordia is it? Um, Not far. I'd say maybe half a mile down really? the road. Yeah, it's close. Is there a rivalry? Not terribly do, 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 so. Do, do, do students from each school kind of hate each other and try to trip the other student because no. they're going to the wrong school? No. Because that's one of the cool things up there, too, is that um, they have... Moorhead has like an agreement with both NDSU and Concordia... And so if you're enrolled at any of those three schools, you can take classes from the other two. I don't remember. I think it's for like the same rate that you're taking it as a regular class. Really? Yeah. And so you can go as far as getting. So say I'm going to Moorhead. I could go and get a minor from NDSU if I wanted to for the same price that I'm paying to get my degree at Moorhead. Hmm. Yeah. It's a really cool program. I haven't obviously taken advantage of it yet but <laughs> I've really done it but had, the options there right and i haven't hey, really had the right. time to either say what you will uh <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna take the u.s citizenship test oh boy Let's see how this works okay okay this this from the washington times it got posted out there i mean <laughs> the current debate right now in government is Immigration. Right. In the southern border of our country. Correct. The Washington Times thought, well, let's put out the U.S. citizenship test and see who can pass it. So, question one, according to them, I mean, I'm assuming this is the test. They say it is. Uh, Who is in charge of the executive branch? The president, the speaker of the house, the chief justice, or the majority whip? That would be the president. Oh, let's see. Is it going to give us... See, probably not till the end. Quality interweb right here, people. Oh, yeah. I, well, you know, this is riveting radio because nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try again. Here. All right. Push the button. No. Come on, Washington Times. What is this? Well, you know, that was a fun little segment. <laughs> Let's see if we can find a new one. Um, how? What is the um, political climate in your dorm? Um, or does, do you guys not care? It's not really discussed really? much. Yeah. Is it out in the, the square? Not really either. I mean, there. it's not, it hasn't ever really been that much of an issue that I've seen even campus-wide. Really? I mean, I know that they have, like, the college Republicans and the college Democrats, they go and have, like, meetings and stuff, and I, you see it advertised on all the little TVs all around campus yeah, and everything. You're not part of them? I'm not. I haven't gone. My roommate is a political science major, and he goes regularly to that kind of thing. 
because it's a lot of like debates and mm-hmm. stuff and it's they bring people from the other colleges were you and not in that in school at some level were oh. you not in speech and debate much no i wasn't oh, okay for some reason i thought you had a hand oh. see you, you other friends you had friends that all were. my friends did yeah ah, so you were the outlier right okay all right, I found that this actually is the civics practice test from the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services website. Oh, boy. This is the .gov. All right. What is freedom of religion? Is this a question? multiple That's choice question class. one, I guess. Okay. A, you must, you must choose a religion. B, no one can practice a religion. C, you can practice any religion or not practice a religion. Or D, you can't choose the time you practice your religion. That would be C. Who writes this stuff? <laughs> hey, that's a green light. All right, Woo-hoo! next question. You know what we need? Hold the phone. This portion. Oh, boy. I feel like <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> this portion of the campus report brought to you in a moment by... There it is. Oh. By sad violin and piano oh, music. Perfect. All right. When was the Constitution written? 1787, 1790, 1776, or 1789? Now, you did start out as a history major. That's right. But then you threw that to the, to the wind. Right. And Ameri- American film. history was never my forte. Ugh. I won't lie to you. I'm going to say 1789. I'm going to say. Oh, uh, that was an uh, that was a um, <clears throat> an incorrect answer. 1776. What? No, no, no. Sorry. 87. 87. Yes. Okay. I misread the I misread the answer. All right. Next question. We're one and one. We. <laughs> what are two cabinet level positions? Secretary of Human or Health and Human Services and Secretary of the Navy. Secretary of Weather and Secretary of Energy. Secretary of State and Secretary of Labor. Secretary of the Interior and the Secretary of History. That would be the third option, C. Secretary of State and the Secretary of the Labor? Yes, sir. That is correct. Yes. Next question, number four. What ocean is <laughs> is on the west coast of the United States? Oh. The Pacific Ocean, the Arctic Ocean, the Southern Ocean, or the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> hmm. hmm. That'd be the Pacific uh, Ocean. I think so. Good work. Question number five. What do some states have more, or why do some states have more representatives than others? A, because of the geographical size of the state, because of the state's population, because the state's representatives have seniority in the House of Representatives, or because of the state's location? That would be B, their population. Uh, That's the correct answer. However, I do think that there is a certain group of uh, people currently in the House of Representatives that thinks it's C, because the state's representatives have seniority in the House of Representatives. (laughs) Yeah. That would be the current leader of the House, Nancy Pelosi. When asked if she should step aside, 
for a younger, a new generation of leader. She said, um, no, because our, the House of Representatives is run on seniority. And when you have more seniority, you have more power. Hmm. It tends to go against the way it's written, but hey, yeah, don't worry. She's two breaths away from the presidency. It's well, okay. That's true. And love, yeah. Uh, number six, what did Martin Luther King Jr. do? A, he became a senator. B, ran for president, not from, for president of the United States. C, fought for women's suffrage. Or D, fought for civil rights. That would be D. That's correct. Five and one, good work. Number seven, what happened at the con- Constitutional Convention? A, the Virginia De- De- Declaration of Rights was written. B, the Constitution was written. C, the Emancipation Proclamation was written. Or D, the Declaration of Independence was written. That one seems pretty, pretty, you know, it kind of answers itself. I would say the B. Constitutional I'd, Convention. Yeah, I would say B. <laughs> That's correct. All right, number eight, name one of the two longest rivers in the United States. A, the Colorado River. B, the Rio Grande. C, the Ohio River. Or D, the Mississippi. That'd be the Mississippi. Correct. What's the other one? The two longest rivers in the U.S. are the Mississippi and what else? Hmm. Interestingly enough, they come from two states that touch each other. Would that be the Missouri River? The Missouri River. Oh, Missouri, that's what Missouri. I thought. I like the bell. Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> the Missouri River. Oh, sorry. The Missouri River starts in Montana, and the Mississippi runs starts in Minnesota. So it's one state apart. Ah. My bad. Sorry about that. Nine, what does a U.S. senator represent, or who does a U.S. senator represent? A, only the people of the state who belong to the senator's political party. Well, that's almost how it works nowadays. Uh, B, only the people in the state who voted for the senator. That also seems like how it works today. And C, the state legislatures. Or D, all people of the state. The answer is D. The answer is D. Is that your final answer? That would be my final answer. Would you like to use the lifeline? I don't believe I have one. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. You're going to hang yourself. Who was president during the Great Depression and World War II? I don't even need options for this one. That'd be FDR. The Franklin Roosevelt is correct. Yes. The options were Herbert Horse Hoover. I said horse. Um, Harry Truman or Calvin Coolidge. Ah. Those were the others. So, What is an amendment? A, an introduction. B, the beginning of the Declaration of Independence. C, the preamble to the Constitution. Or D, a change to the Constitution. That'd be D. Ah. Again, that's kind of in the name. Yeah. But if you didn't, if English was not your language. That's true. That could be tricky. That's very true. 12, the Federalist Papers supported the passage of the U.S. Constitution. Name one of the writers. James Madison. Thomas Jefferson. Georgie Washington or John Adams? That would be the first answer. James Madison? Yes, sir. The answer is correct. Yes. Who makes federal laws? The Supreme Court? Unfortunately, that's true nowadays. Congress? 
the president or the states? That Who makes federal laws? Be Congress. Well, that's what I would say, and that's correct. 14. Who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, George Washington, or Abraham Lincoln? Be Thomas Jefferson. Thomas, it is. Yes. Uh, who, what are the two major political parties in the United States? The Reform and the Green Party? The Democratic and Republican parties? American and Bull Moose? <laughs> Democratic, Republican, and the Whigs? Whigs, or is it Whigs? I'm not sure how they say that. That'd be B. B is the the the, the, the horse answer. and the donkey. That's right. There you go. Well, you're 14 and one so far. Wow. What do we What do we show loyalty to when we say the Pledge of Allegiance? The United States, the state where you live, the president, or Congress? The United States. These United States, correct. Uh, what is the political party of the current president? The Republican Party, the Green Party, the Democratic Party, or the Independent Party? It'd be the Republican Party. We'll see if this is up to date. Hey, there it is. Yep. Is it? It is. All right. What? Oh, I'm sorry. We, mm, we elect a U.S. representative for how many states? <laughs> Never mind. I read something else. Uh, we elect a representative for how many years? Six, two, eight, or four? A U.S. representative. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Is it two? It's two. Ding, 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 oh, ding. Oh, boy. All right, we're yeah, going to take... the bell. <laughs> well, there it is. That's the one. We're going to take a very small break here and go to, um, I don't know, an interesting little tune. This a band called Knives, spelled N-Y-V-E-S. Don't ask me. We'll be right back. On the Campus Report. Take 
song Pressure by Knives. You ever heard of the band called um, Demon Hunter? I've not. Oh. This is the front man. He got together with the guitarist from a band called Project 86, and they made this techno kind of group called Knives. And it's interesting. It's, I would say it's so. not too bad. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Knives. The song is Pressure. For the sake of my revelation. Show me how to begin again Not a diamond without the pressure That's the word Continuing on with the civics practice test here with Alex <laughs> I might just be a citizen yet. Two more left. Just question oh number 19. What is one thing that Benjamin Franklin is famous for? A, the youngest member of the Constitutional Convention. B, the third president of the U- these United States. C, an inventor of the airplane. Or D, a U.S. diplomat. That'd be D. A U.S. diplomat, Benjamin Franklin... And that's correct. I believe he was the oldest member of the Constitution. Ah. Trick question. Benjamin Franklin was a famous American. He lived from 1706 to 1790. Ben Franklin was an inventor. He invented many things that we use today. He invented bifocal eyeglasses. He invented the Franklin stove. Franklin was the writer of Poor Richard's Almanac. It was a book with information about the weather and other topics. Franklin became the first postmaster general of the United States in 1775. Hmm. He created the postal or mail system in the United States. Thanks, Ben. Also, he started the first free libraries. Later, he was a U.S. diplomat. He was the oldest member of the Constitutional Convention. There it is. There it is. That history paid off. For what it's worth. All right, for what it's worth. There it is. Number 20. 20 out of 20. Who did the United States fight in World War II? A... Japan, China, and Vietnam. B, the Soviet Union, Germany, and Italy. C, Japan, Germany, and Italy. Or D, Austria, Hungary, Japan, and Germany. That'd be C. Japan, Germany, and Italy is correct. But I think the what this shows us. I might just be a citizen of the U.S. You successfully have proven that you are could be a citizen of these these U.S. Good work, ninety-five percent score. I'll take that. Yes. Woo! Where to go? That's all right. All that to say, 
What do you think about the current state of our affairs in the world? The country, I should say. Not the world. I don't know. There's so much going on all the time. And it's it's so hard to follow a lot of the time. I'm just a poor college student. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but isn't it, isn't it the poor college students that get on the news and on the YouTube nowadays? I, yeah. Rioting and yelling in the streets? The ones that aren't me. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that maybe are not paying attention? Yeah, or paying more attention than me. Well, well maybe not to their school. That's true. It depends on where you're where you're talking, I guess. All right. So is it weird living in Minnesota? It's not that much different than living <laughs> here, to be quite honest. <laughs> on the surface level. Well, that's true. Are you back often outside of um, breaks? I'd say I come home maybe once a month. Okay. Roughly. Like, is that much to your mother's chagrin, or is this encouraged? Um, well, she likes when I'm home, but... Most of the time I'm coming home because I want to and not necessarily because she's calling me home or anything. Because you want good food, perhaps? That's part of it. That's always Clean an upside. Clothes. That's right. Maybe some gas money. That always helps. It's true. Um, do you follow sports at all? I don't. Do you follow like college sports of the school that you're a part of? Not particularly, no. Is, is there much up there? Um, Our football team, I know, it wasn't great this year. Um, I went to like two games, including the homecoming game. Um, And was that just because, why not? For the most part, yeah, because everyone else was going. And um, Ah, you're a follower. Yeah, for the most Yeah, I won't <laughs> lie. I won't lie. Um, And one of my friends, one of the ones that's a film production major, he had a job making the highlight videos for the football team. And so I would go with him sometimes like before the games or something mm-hmm. and help him like record practices and stuff. Did you do any like filming with him I or did just not. stood there? It was observe. mostly just him. I was just kind of there as you know, moral, <laughs> moral support, support, but because at the time I hadn't changed my major and that doesn't really go into effect until this semester either. So up until Chris the Christmas break you were still Doing the history class. Technically, yes. That was still... Even yeah. though you've checked out months ago. Right. Because I think I finally submitted my major change form at like the beginning of November. What does that do? Like, what's the process? Do you walk into a dark room and there's smoke in it and say, hey, I'm going to change? And then no. they approve it? Or you just say, Honest, hey, I'm, I'm different now? Yeah. you. I had um, my mentor, He, I had him email me the form. Because I told him, and I talked to him quite a bit through the whole process. And he emailed me the form, and I printed it off. And I said, okay, I'm dropping this major and adding this one. And I went and turned it in, and that was that. It was pretty simple. And they said that they'd email me as soon as it went through, and that it would probably take a week, and it took about two days. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) And so it was, I mean... it almost feels like it. Sh- there should be more to it, you know? Because so that's a rather large decision. But yeah, but does this kind of point to the fact that the major isn't, it doesn't matter? It, it, is this only a way to get into some of the classes? Yes. Because in order to get into some of these, you have to be a major. Correct, that, right? correct. So is that really what it's for? I mean, probably, yeah. So, the, so if we were to look at it in a, a hallway with doors metaphor, mm-hmm. 
each major has a hallway. Okay. And those are the classes that you can go to. Yeah. But to get to this other room that's on this other hallway, you have to get into that hallway first. Right. Because is that the concept? Well, because I went and met with the head of the department after I changed because because I was doing all this around the time of class registration, it was incredibly hectic because, you know, I was. I should have been registering for classes like two weeks ago, and here I am. I haven't registered for classes. I don't even know what major I'm going to go into, so I don't know what classes to register for. And so I finally go and I meet with the um, head of the department, and he had like a code to give me that I had to put in that would even allow me to register for most of the classes that oh. were film-related. Okay. So it is, I mean, it's it's locked behind, you know, it's locked behind the major. Does this change the actual dollars you have to put out? Um, not. I'm not for tuition or anything. That's now, yeah. um, obviously, like I'm gonna have to download some programs and stuff, and maybe end Will up. Will you getting, have to purchase that? I do have to get like the editing software and stuff on what my laptop. Use? I think they use um Final Cut. Really? They do. So they're Mac based. Yes. Most of the most of the computers on campus are Macs, mm-hmm. um, and since I have I have a Mac, and so that will be you know easy enough to do. But that is what they use, and then they do have a rather substantial you know camera closet, and so I won't like have to go check out gear. Yeah, and so I won't awesome. have to get my own anytime soon necessarily. But so what is the next? What, three, two years? Three years? Three Three years. Three and a half. What does that look like? I mean, are you going to be filming soon, or is that something that you don't even get into until Um, the end? uh, Because, like I was saying with the South Dakota Film Festival, um, a lot of students that went on the trip had stuff submitted to the festival. Really? And they encouraged that. That's kind of one of the Is everything submitted, accepted from students, or is it? Um, That I don't know. Um, I know that they, because they put a big focus on actually doing it rather than learning about it. And so, um, cause I know they, they encourage you to submit to festivals and stuff mm. and do all this kind of work. And one of the interesting things that they do that I have never really heard of either is you have to make a film using film, actual 16 millimeter film and edit it and get it printed and everything who buys that i don't know you have to <laughs> that's wow. that's part of your part of your thing what? you have to purchase Why? the film what is the value in that well i mean there are some people out there in the industry that still you know they think that that's the better medium I don't know why. I don't know why. Hey, but it's but just, okay. Those are the same people that still think you can get a better image on a film, a piece that's of true. slide film with a still camera. That's true. I think it's more you, just th- ten years ago that was true. Probably yeah. five years ago that was pretty true. Mm-hmm. It's not anymore. Correct. And with the new red gear with eight K sensors, I mean that's insane what you can get out of this stuff. Right. Full HDR video. That's a raw video, mm-hmm. meaning you can fully like re. <laughs> Re-expose it later digitally. Yeah. Do you think it's just to force you to have to work old? It, would that be the same as telling an audio engineer, you got to go back to reel-to-reel tapes? I think that, yeah, like, 
obviously it's not that practical, but I think that that's probably not an experience that you'd be able to get anywhere else. And it may, you know, lend more insight into how easy, I mean, relatively speaking. Yeah. Relatively speaking. Well, I guess if it's a history lesson. Yeah. I mean, it's a learning experience, I think. Just, and I'm intrigued that that's a requirement. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's interesting. Because it seems that you would have to learn a lot of gear that you will never touch again in your life. That's true. I mean, you got to edit that. Mm-hmm. How do you edit that? Yeah, you gotta right. cut and splice. You got to cut, yeah. Now, luckily, you have some experience in cutting and splicing film. That is very true. So you might be ahead of the game. Ever so slightly. It's at some level, right. Right. I don't know if it's the same. It's got to be similar. Yeah, I'm sure it is. We're talking the... The old film movie projectors. Those things are something else. How many how many feet of of film is a is a typical I couldn't even feature link movie? So so many. (laughs) So many feet. (laughs) Have I ever told you the story of the time we dropped a film? Do what? So I cannot believe that. It was I don't even remember what movie it was. It was, no, it was The Hateful Eight was the name of the movie. And it was a roughly three hour long movie. So it was massive. (laughs) And like, and it was, it was, that was kind of cool because, um, that movie had, it had like a musical like prelude and it had a 15 minute intermission in the middle. Because it was meant, it was like a Western. And so it was meant to be like the old school Westerns of like back in the day. And they only did that on like the printed film copies of it. And so that was kind of an interesting decision. But I mean, I didn't really appreciate that decision later on once this incident happened. But it was time to take it down and ship it back. And so I went to go help Rob take it down. And this is in the mill theater. This is in the mill theater Main right across street. the street. It's mill link. And which back just a couple of years ago, all three screens were film. That, like yeah. Film projection. Correct. Now the two that they use are digital. Those correct? are digital. And do they use that third? They do. Really? There's a, mo- there's a movie down there right now. That's on, that's on film still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's very few studios that still make stuff on film. <laughs> and so... None of us like it when it happens, but I mean, it's good to have, because otherwise it's just wasted, the option, it's wasted yeah. space, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but anyway, so we're down there and we're trying to get the film off of the table so we can get it down these narrow stairs <laughs> and then all the way up this hallway and then to, sh- to ship it back. And we're taking it off and it's heavy. Because it's, I mean, it's wound tight and, I mean, people that are listening obviously won't be able to get this frame of reference, but it was probably from, I mean, width-wise, it was probably from about here to, like, the corner of that screen. It was massive. Four four feet diagonal. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. Wow. And, like, it probably weighed 50 to 75 pounds. Easy. And so... Now, is this just a roll of film together? There's no structure support on top and bottom? There's, like, clamp, like, clamps, okay. kind of. But, but it's not, like, on a spool. Right, no. Or like, a reel. No, like, it's okay. just clamped together. <laughs> and so we're lifting it off, and 
I don't even because it's been I tried to push this out of my mind so much. <laughs> One of us like tripped or something and it dropped to the floor and I still have pictures of it. I can show you the picture. Now, did it just come unraveled? Again, obviously it did. Oh. Again, obviously the people that are listening won't be able to have any sort of visual for this. But I've saved this picture because it haunts me to this day. If I can find it. Let's see. That was in December. Those of us that are old enough to remember the cassette tape. Oh, yeah. uh, And worked heavily with those. um, That's an extremely minute scale of what you're talking about. Of that little spool. That's correct. (laughs) Times what? 4,000? Roughly. And then drop that on the ground. <laughs> oh. Oh, it was horrible. Here we go. What? All of that is film. Oh, my. So what we're looking at is what looks like a huge, long, flat snake just <laughs> coiled about yeah. in a pile with twisted metal clamps around it. I mean, it's, yeah, it was everywhere. It started to go down the stairs. So that's a whole three-hour film. W- was the thought in your head, you know what? Yeah, we could burn it and then pay the $1,000 I mean, to replace it. I, <laughs> it went through my head. I can't guarantee that it didn't. I have another picture as well. I oh can't my. guarantee that it didn't go through Rob's head either. So what was the, what was the fix? What did you do? So this involved. Well, and let's think. It was. It was was this a, the theater's closed, everyone's home, or um, were there people in the theater? At this point, this is like right before the movies are supposed to start. No. Well, before we're supposed to open the doors, I should say. So, so there's no one in there Wait, yet. wait, wait. This was supposed to play. No. In... There was another movie that was supposed oh, to play. Oh, you were just taking it off the roof. Right. Oh, okay. And so, or no, I don't even think we were supposed to have anything down there. And so that's why we were taking the time. D- while like during business hours mm, okay. to get it down because it wasn't that big of a deal, but it ended up being a very big deal. <laughs> and so my good friend Sean Stemjude came to the. Re- I had to go run up and grab him, and I said, "There's so much going on down there. Can you please come help?" <laughs> and so he came down, and he obviously didn't know how to handle it either. And so what he ended up doing is we went and got a sheet of plywood from somewhere, mm-hmm. and. He got on his hands and knees, and we put that on his back, the sheet of plywood. Who? Sean. <laughs> and then- So he was the table? Yes. And we hoisted all of the film onto it, and we kind of held the plywood as well, and he crawled all the way up, and then all the way upstairs to where the other, like the digital projectors mm-hmm. are, because we still have a- like a film rewinder up there in case something like this happens, usually on a smaller scale. And so after that was probably a, a good 20 minute process. And then, so we got it up there and we got it on the table and it was so tangled that we had to manually rewind it. So that involves slotting it on there. What's good. The small, the bit that was good and turning this table by hand until you got to a tangle and then you cut it, get the tangle out and then you have to splice it and then keep going. Cause there was no way to actually lay it all out. Right. And straighten There's it no, into one, no. one piece. There's no way. 
And so that took, I think that that probably happened on a Friday or Saturday. And it was a team of me and Sean and somebody else and then Rob Hicks. And we were there from right after school got out until doors opened. So that's about three hours every day for five days, I believe it was, to get this done because it was such a time-consuming project. And that's (laughs) a big part of the reason that we didn't have any movies down there for close to two years after that. Everyone was just afraid to use it? Yeah, because it's just (laughs) such a a beast of a machine that it's just most of the time it's more troublesome than anything else wow that is absolutely crazy yeah it was horrible that's always a fun story to tell so and now in the school they're trying to throw you back into that (laughs) (laughs) again on a smaller scale right right now you're gonna have to make one on your own (laughs) whatever that's really kind of nuts. I can maybe I can go in and hit him with that story and get him to you know discontinue By the that way, program. I have PTSD from that. <laughs> I mean, not to, to diminish real PTSD, but right? <laughs> yeah, I could go That's in and crazy. see if I could get that program shut down. Wow. wow. Um, anything else to crazy going on in school? Nothing. I mean, that, that, that's a big change for you to yeah. I flip mean, the old major. That's and that's quite the change yeah. too. That's back and. That's forth not like right world there. history to U.S. history. No, that's one to another. Um, I don't know. There's not anything too hmm. different. I liked most of my classes this last semester. You know, I took I didn't take that many, just general classes. Which was nice. What is the craziest thing that has happened at school? The craziest thing that has happened? Um, Outside of the fire-breathing dragon. Right. Um, I don't even know. I'd say... Well, there was a there was a crazy girl on my floor, but I don't think that I'm really... I don't think I can really tell that story. Probably. All right. Um, <laughs> so mean, that... Now, that, but by crazy, you mean actually, like, mentally... Ill? I think so, yes. Oh. And that wasn't discovered until much later, like close to the end of the semester. But again, I don't think that I'm at li- I'm what sorry to tease discovered? you with that. Like, I can't, it I, kept I, going on throughout the whole semester? Yeah. And I don't know. It's like, without, right. I can't huh. say too much without saying too much, you know. So you didn't read a fictional book that had this story? No, of this no, no, crazy no. Girl. Uh, um, <laughs> that you could recount the fictional book that you read? Uh, probably not. <laughs> um, but that bard, um, I don't know. I mean, my RA was forced to resign. That was what, what, saddening. What is RA? Uh, that would be residual accountant. That would be a resident assistant. Oh, assistant. Assistant, yeah. So he was just- Can you talk about that? I think so. That's not too bad. (laughs) Um, It was, I would say that it was unjust. So his name was Rahil. He was from, he's from India. And he's the student body president. He's been going there all four years. And um, he happened to be our RA living on our floor. And 
Everybody loved him. And at one point, a bunch of people went to a party and he went to go get them. And, you know, he went in to go get them and everything and he drove them back. And somebody saw him there with his residence and reported him. Mm, assuming that he was taking right, them there. Right, right. And um, so the... You know, they told him that he was going to be under investigation for this. And obviously he was like, that's kind of wrong, but I guess because you're not going to find anything. And um, apparently they found something because they told they didn't fire him, but they, you know, requested that he resign. And so. (laughs) Which is the nice way of firing people. Right, right, right. And so. The worst part of it all was that there were other RAs there that were actually there with their residents. Oh. Nothing. Slap on the wrist, if anything. So are you, is the presumption that it was at some point racial? No, and I don't think that he would say that either. He has, because he was an RA for, from his sophomore year, he's going to graduate. Oh, is he, is he born in India? Yes. Or, okay, mm-hmm. or just has heritage there. Yes. And so... <clears throat> He, yeah, because he said that he came here for, at, like, on an exchange program his junior year of high school. And okay. was in Minneapolis and was there for two years and then has just stayed here and gone to school here. Um, But he, because like I said, he was an RA from his sophomore year up until halfway through this first semester. And his boss, he said, has just never really liked him. He's never known why. Um. And so he figured that this was just kind of an excuse to get rid of him because something <laughs> came up. And, I mean, obviously I don't know a lot of the background between those two or anything, but, yeah, it was upsetting. Wow. wow. Yeah. But, yeah, other than that other story that I still can't talk about, and I'm sorry for teasing you about it. You know it's all right? Because someday you'll be able to come back and talk about it. So that might get... Hey, yeah. It's red meat, it's everybody. reason to come back. There it is at some point. Uh, do you like dogs? I do like dogs. Enough I have to have. Oh, okay, there you go. I have two of them. Cats? We have one cat that is a rather recent addition to the family. Like since you've been gone or before yeah, you left? Yeah, since I've been gone. Oh, they're replacing you with a cat. I, I guess so. Weird. Well, because um, my grandma lives right across the street, and she has a bunch of, you know, just like wild barn cats. And one day my sister was over there, and she found this kitten that was you know rather fresh and (laughs) abandoned and so fresh kitten right and so my mom is the kind of person who if she sees anything that's any sort of animal that's in trouble she's going to try to nurse it back to health so she went and got it and put it in a box and you know took care of it and um it just this one kind of stuck around I guess (laughs) huh yeah so we've that's been at my house for, I don't know, since early October. So it's been there for a while. An eyewitness said that there was blood on the table and blood on the floor of a San Francisco McDonald's Sunday <laughs> from the corpse of a raccoon. 
brought in by a man. <laughs> as a, as a res- he laid it on the table. As a result, the restaurant closed for two hours so the dining room could be sanitized. <laughs> Where was this? San Francisco. Fantastic. The unappetizing encounter was captured uh, on video posted to Facebook. Um, the guy that posted it told the San Francisco Gate.com that the so far unidentified man came into the McDonald's screaming for help as he carried the dead animal. <laughs> he came to the counter and I thought it was a dog at first. The employees told him to leave and he went and sat down with him. There was blood on the table and blood on the floor and with people walking around, you could see them tracking the blood around. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I wish this was a joke. The man who is believed to be homeless was kicked out of the store while another customer threw the raccoon in the garbage. <laughs> San Francisco police officers gave the man a mental health evaluation and determined he did not need to be detained, according to local station KGO. They make that sound like it was like his pet and yeah. he just wanted somebody to help oh, him. Maybe it was. Maybe it he got was. run over. That's probably what happened. San Francisco Department of Public Health spokeswoman Rachel Kagan uh, told SanFranciscoGate.com that the physician who works with homeless people watched the video but cannot infer anything about the man's condition. Duh. <laughs> what do they want? A remote diagnosis over YouTube? Yes. The health, the health concerns would be about the blood and the potential to spread bacteria or a virus. Hello, rabies. <laughs> also true. <laughs> Jeez. That's oh, a story I that I didn't Excellent. expect to hear today. That's from actually weird news uh, from the Huffington Post, Fantastic. surprisingly. Huh. Here you go. One more, and then we'll wrap. Oh, boy. A woman's lawyer suggests that chewing her coat caused high blood alcohol level. This from Berwick, Pennsylvania. An attorney for a Pennsylvania woman charged with drunken driving hinted his client's coat chewing could have thrown off the results of the breath test. <laughs> <laughs> the press, the Bloomsburg Press Enterprise reports the argument came during a hearing Tuesday for 47-year-old Jana Moshgat, an officer who pulled Moshgat over, testified she was nibbling on her coat before he gave her the breath test and that he ordered her to stop. <laughs> Moshgat's lawyer, Travis Petty, asked the officer if he, w- if he knew the chemical composition of the coat, noting that nothing substantial. Not- that certain, n- noting that certain substances can alter the results of the test. Marshkat's test showed her blood alcohol level was 0.151, nearly twice the legal limit for drivers in Pennsylvania. The officer says Marshkat also smelled of alcohol and failed a field sobriety test. The judge ruled there was enough evidence to send charges to trial. So it probably wasn't the coat. A note to self. <laughs> Maybe start chewing on your coat. If you have a problem. Yeah. Sorry, it was the it was, it was the, the, the lycra. <laughs> that's yeah, that's actually Or have a good the idea. dead raccoon chew on your coat. Even better. One of the two. Just have a dead raccoon and say that you're trying to get to the <laughs> vet to save your raccoon. Oh, that's great. Wow. Weird news, courtesy the Huffington Post. Not that I typically go there, but hey. Weird news is weird news. That's right. So um All right. I don't have anything else unless you do. I don't know. I mean, I was kind of hoping you'd guide the guide the conversation. Oh, yes. Well, 
There might be one more. One more thing. I don't know if this is fake. I'm going to maybe say it's fake. Okay. Just because of the content, but maybe not. We'll see. Okay. You decide. Okay. We report, you decide here in the That's right. Wyoming Blink Podcast Network. The Lexington, Kentucky Police Department posted images of sad officers in front of a scorched Krispy Kreme truck, <laughs> <laughs> leading other departments to respond on Twitter. Officers from the Lexington Police Department in Kentucky were full of emotion and sans donuts after a box truck fire. In a humorous post on Twitter and Facebook, Lexington police shared images Monday of the trio crying of trying crying officers adjacent to the burnt truck emblazoned with the words Krispy Kreme. Okay, it's just a joke. That's funny. Okay. The department captioned <clears throat> the photographs with no words. It's not clear what caused the accident, but the police department indicated they were no, there were no injuries in the accident, well, except for the donuts. Naturally, many on social media, particularly fellow law enforcement officers, love the self-deprecating post poking fun at the troop, the trope that police officers love donuts. Okay, it's more of a visual thing. Go there um, on the Twitter at Lex Kentucky Police. And then there's a humorous picture of them. Crying by a burned out Krispy Kreme truck. <laughs> well, this is the campus report. Uh, it's only been, was it six months? Did you guys come in July? It was in. It was before you went off to school. It could have been August. I want to say it was August. I think it was rather relatively. It was right near when you left, correct? Right before I left. Let me see. August the sixteenth. Well, there you go. Um. So that's almost. So, if if you can think back that far, mm-hmm. was college different than you thought at the time? Yes. And at this point, do you see yourself setting up your film career in the Midwest? I think that it's probably a good launching point, definitely. I mean, is it realistic? I think so. And would that have to be in someplace like Minneapolis or probably. Sioux Falls or Fargo? Probably, yeah. Whatever. So small-town America is maybe not the end. I wouldn't say that it's not the end. I don't think that- Oh, but when you're rich and famous, you'll live in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> no, not necessarily, but, you know. You'll have your ski home in Montana. It's, I don't know, because I think that there's there's a lot of, pot- like, untapped potential in smaller areas. Mm-hmm. And so, at, like, in the state that it is right now, I think that it's more of a, like, a resources thing. And so, I think that that, could change in the future, perhaps even by the time that it's relevant, you know, to me. And I don't know. I, I, the future, you never know what the future is going to hold. And so I could end up hmm. somewhere smaller, but you never know. All right. Yes or no? Coffee. No. Bagels. Yes. Burritos. No. Clinton. No comment. <laughs> AOC. Again, no comment. Trucks. Don't drive one, but I have nothing against them. That's a great yes or no answer. Good job. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> PC or Mac. Oh, sorry. PC. 
Yes. Mm. I can also say yeah. But I would right, also say yes, yes to Mac. Computer, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not picky. Canon. Yes. When I say AOC, who what do you think of? Uh the young congresswoman. Oh, I was talking about the computer monitor company. Were you? <laughs> no. I feel I didn't think so. But there is one. Okay, good yeah. to know. <laughs> so you can always throw that out. Yes, yeah, the right. 27 inch would be great. <laughs> oh, that and then never mind. Oh. That might not yeah. be either. You know. No comment, really? No, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. How come? I'm just curious because no. it's just much closer to your generation. Yeah. I don't want anything that I say to potentially incriminate me in the future. That's a big problem for filmmakers. That presumes that someone's listening. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> Again, once by, I'm rich and famous. Time, there it is. They're going to scour the interweb of for course. anything. They're going to look for anything. What did that Alex say? Mm-hmm. That's all right. Future-proofing. Do you think that that is a problem in our society, that you have to hold that view? Mm, I don't know if it's a problem. I mean, I think that it's always wise to... Be you know think about what you say before you say it. Okay, obviously, but I think that people that you know hunt for that for the sole intent of someone's you know in a higher position than them and look for it without prompting for the sole intention of taking them down is probably not a great thing. What's the stop for it? Do you think? The I, fix. How do you mean? Well, I mean it. It, it's clearly a societal problem mm-hmm. stemming from, well, I pro- more than likely stemming from social media because that allows you to be anonymous and be a jerk right? without direct repercussion. Because I can't say something mean to you, or it's much harder for me to say something mean to you right here because mm-hmm. you're three feet away from me. Right. However, if it was on the phone, then I could say something, and I don't know what, how you react. I don't care. Right. That That direct... It's not there. So I, it seems like that has allowed um, the discourse to just fall in the toilet. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd agree with that. I don't know if there there's obviously not an easy fix, but rarely is there an easy fix to any societal issue. Um, oh, I think there's an easy fix. What's that? Just don't don't be offended. That's, I would say that's equally as valid as don't, you know, it stems from don't say anything that you might eventually regret. Oh, I agree. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, as people grow and change, you're going to potentially morph and, and adapt. Well, that what I you agree believe. With. So does that mean that I have to consider every breath I take thinking, well, what in the world if I were to flip my views in 10 years, is this going to harm me? I, you can't live that way, can no. you? No. And I, yeah, I agree with that. A hundred percent. I think that people can very easily change. And then that's, I mean, that's also a big issue is when people, you know, apologize for something. Well, but does that matter even? Not the whole Kevin Hart incident with the Oscars. Right. And that's, that's exactly where I figured this was probably (laughs) going because I mean, he's apologized and he has said that, you know, that's changed and that's different, but they don't lie they don't it's not accepted right and that that's the issue but is it not a bigger issue the fact that he is a comedian comedy by definition right typically offends someone that's true that's how it works yeah because it's typically true whether we like it or not there's mm-hmm. truth in this 
And it's it gets laughs that way. Right. Good comedy is true. Mm-hmm. That's when you make true. something up, it's eh, it's not really funny. That's why when people can't can't get a laugh without just horribly swearing, I don't think they're very funny. Right. It's the ones that can take a, an anecdote and twist it. And then Jerry Seinfeld's perfect. At yeah. It. He's one of the best. Exactly. And I think Kevin Hart is one of the best also. He's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's fouler mm-hmm. than I prefer. Um, but it doesn't feel gratuitous. Right. It's more just, it's him. Right. But to go back, was it 10 years or more? I think it was about 10 years. In his years comedy. So. Yeah. And then take that one thing. Which I mean, if you listen to it, it's a funny bit, especially the way it's it's way it's presented. Right. And if you if you kind of put your mind in that se- that setting, you can't take all of that scenario and then put it in 2018 or 19. Right. And that's what I think they're doing. There's. It's always. It seems to always be a lack of context. Is how I think that's the best way to phrase it. So how do we fix that problem? Where, where no one cares, like the offended, whatever side. Right. They don't care about context. It's just, well, I'm offended by that word. Well, okay, how was the word said, and wh- what was the scenario around it? Doesn't that change a little bit? I think it does. I don't know. Again, I don't know if there is really a fix to it, and that's, you know. So we just keep slipping down the hill? Is that the goal? Until uh, I think it's it's going to end up being a scenario where you fall and you fall and you fall, and eventually it hits rock bottom, and then then something has to change simply because there's no other direction for the issue to go. Do you think stuff, uh, speech like that, um, something that could offend someone, should be a, a legislated thing where it becomes outlawed? Um, or protected? Right. Um, I would say, I don't know, to a degree, maybe. I mean, obviously there's like... Because there's like hate speech, you know, Is stuff there? like that. What's hate speech? Well, hmm. See, I and I knew there isn't this... there isn't a definition, right? There's no legal definition of hate speech, right? I don't in America, right? Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I would say blatant, like racism, or okay, no. This is not me advocating for that. Right. But why is it, why should it be illegal for someone to, to hold that view or to say things that are, would fall into that category? I don't think that, I think usually, like if they say it, if speech alone is not an issue, but I would say a lot of times that speech is paired with action maybe not even a lot of times but so if if it's paired with action two percent of the time should it then be banned across the board Hmm. maybe not across the board but i think i think it's just it's kind of like a regulation thing because if you if you put some sort of you know, barrier, like, if this happens... Then... So a penalty of sorts? Yeah. Well, but, but then you have to take that to its logical conclusion, which ends at the end of a gun, I think. That's, yeah. It must. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because let's say there's a fine imposed, and the person, the offender says, no, I'm not paying that. The enforcement to that 
brings with a deadly force, correct? Or incarceration. Right. So, it, I mean, is that where we're going? Oh, you said something wrong. You're not going to pay the fine. Now you're going to go to jail. You're not going to go to jail. We're going to force you. You're going to re- resist. Well, we're going to shoot you. It t- it go, it, if you go down to the, to the end of the right. road, it's scary. Right. And so do we want, would we rather allow people to say things that we don't like, but they can say them and, and be a freer society? Mm-hmm. Or do we say, shut up out loud, don't say anything outside anymore? Because someone's going to be offended and then they're going to call on you and you're going to go to jail or die. See, I, I personally don't like the slippery slope where it goes. Right. And that that's my problem because it seems like people should be allowed to be offended. Like, I think that's what free speech is. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not that I can walk around and yell fire or, or that I can walk around and call people names. It's so I can have a free thought. Right. It's so I can out loud think and work through problems. And maybe mm-hmm. in that thinking process, I say something that's going to offend you or offend someone down the road. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. I don't think. Because I think the problem is enforcement. Mm-hmm. And who gets to make the rules? Because mm-hmm. if I make them, they're going to be perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, right. But if you make them, that'll be okay. If someone else makes them, I won't like it. And so... Right. When you put a, a human in charge of what you're allowed to say, man, that gets dangerous. Exactly. And I think that's that's the issue because there's the idealistic answer that, you know, everyone has their own. Mm-hmm. But there's probably not a a realistic answer that is the be-all, end-all. Well, you know. well, I think there is a realistic answer, and it is just deal with it. Yeah. The problem is that's not an acceptable answer on in our this new like panicked scared society from what i can see yeah and i'm curious you're right in the middle of kind of the epicenter of that and that is the college campus right and i'm kind of curious your how that looks so as you go back to school mm-hmm. i think looking at that kind of looking at the idea I mean, the fact that you hesitate i do the same thing when certain topics come up I go, I, do I, should I say that? I have that thought, and I hate that. See, I grew up, I'll be 40 this year. I grew up, I have absolutely zero problem with anyone's skin. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I have some the best people. One of my, she's essentially um, an aunt of mine who is as, as black as they come. I lived for about five months in Uganda. I have absolutely, I, I don't care what people look like. Yeah. That's not an issue. When I grew up, I didn't even think, I didn't consider skin color. Mm-hmm. The current media today has created such compartments of people where now, I mean, you, you have to have, you have certain TV shows that they all have to be a certain color or else they're not acceptable. And if you add a, a white person in that group, well, that's, oh, that's the outlier. And so now the problem is I see color more now and I have to constantly be going, it doesn't matter. Why, why does that matter now? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But it's because the propaganda that's shoved in our face so much now. I mean, 30 years ago, color wasn't an issue. Right. I grew up in a little town in Oregon. Nothing. Had absolutely zero. There were, we had people all around us. Yeah. So it feels like that the, this 
this whole move, this drive to get us so aware and diverse is actually putting us all in these little groups and making it harder to be diverse, harder to actually be one people Mm -hmm. rather than, well, you're in your little party group. I'm in my little party group. They're in their little party group. They're in their little color group and they're their, their history group. They're this. No, it shouldn't be the case. And I think that was Martin Luther King's concept that is lost. People shouldn't be held up, you know, valued based on their, the color of their skin. Yeah. But on their head, I, the fact that the Obama was black had no bearing on me at mm-hmm. all. None. The fact that Trump is orange has no bearing on me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I yeah. don't care. I don't care if it's a woman. I don't care if it's a guy. Right. The point is, I want policies that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if the policies I don't agree with come from someone that maybe is different than me, well, then I get looked on as a, oh, what's the color, isn't it? No. But nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I agree with that. I do. And there you have it. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't really know how to continue (laughs) this anymore. So say what you think at some level. Yeah. But be smart, I think is the key. Right. And I think if we have a life that we, if we, if we live a life that values people, I don't agree with everyone. I shouldn't have to. Right. And I shouldn't have to accept everyone's behavior either. That's true. If someone wants to do something that doesn't affect me, that's fine. But I shouldn't have to rubber stamp approval of every behavior that I don't approve. I, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And that I think is something that is being pushed on us too. Is oh oh you you disagree with this? You hold a certain view? Well then you're a hater. You're a bigot. No, I'm not. I just don't. I'm, I'm not going to rubber stamp that. Right. I'm not going to teach my children that this is okay. I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to be. They 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 have stand on this thing. That they're their authentic self. They're there. It's their truth. I don't think you can have your own truth. I think there's truth. Right. I don't think there's a their truth. But when you have this idea that you're not allowed to, to disagree with someone behaviorally. Yeah. Without being considered a, a hater. That's dangerous. Yeah. So go get them. Go change the world. I'll do my best. Uh, your best. Yeah. Well, that's all I can do. Is it really? I think there's so. A, there's a cop-out answer. All I can... No, it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> probably. More than likely. I guess. Um. Yeah. This is the uh, campus report. Indeed it is. It's, it's 2019. It is. Holy Am I the cow. first person to come back and do a second one? No. Who else has? Jean-Claude Lindquist, JP. Okay. Um, who else? No, I think that might be it. I have a couple that still have not made it onto the airwaves yet. I haven't finished them hmm. from like a year ago. I know the editing is catching up to me, but would you come back? Of course I'll come back. I really want to know how this change in, in uh, major. Oh, yeah. If it made a difference other than you're going to different rooms now. Right. And yeah, I'd love to come back. And the, it, I think it'd be fascinating to see the different kind of people that now you're in class with. Because obviously it's going to be different. Oh, for sure. So that will be a fun little for sure. experiment. 
and will you are, are you on the YouTubes? Are you on uh, not yet any of the social medias? Oh no, not. I mean, I haven't done anything yet. Will you be? I presume. Yeah, once I once I have right, stuff we'll to show there. for it. <laughs> are, are are you on the the Facebooks? The I am on the, the Instagram, Instagram, and Instagram, Instagram Sound Boy. With like how many wives? Like six, I think. <laughs> what what was behind that? Five, five wives. Well, because that was my nickname in high school, because of like the theater program and stuff, and that's what I did. And were the wise to actually get it? Because there was other right, people called there them? was there was one with one, two, and three, and four wives, <laughs> and so the five wives is the first one that worked. <coughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. <coughs> uh, oh, I had. Uh... Sorry, going back, I'm looking at my clip list here. Um, we do in this net, we're in this room here. We do uh, class a couple okay. days a week for the high school. Okay, the Cindy group of kids. Uh, and yesterday we had our we did our show, and I was just talking to them. They're young, um, about news. News readers are to be theoretically they are just reporting the news. Yeah, you you know who Brian Williams is. Mm-hmm. He was NBC's anchor. Mm-hmm. He was the the voice or night, nightly news or whatever. Yeah. Uh he lost his job because he's a liar. That guy. Yeah. He I, fabricated I about. stories about himself and Yes. Yeah. So he no longer has truth. Well he's back on MSNBC now as a talking head news guy. Well during uh no, um during the North Korea thing recently, mm-hmm. he had this to say about uh the news media and I want to get your take real quick, and then we'll go. Uh, Malcolm, our job tonight actually is to scare people to death on this subject so the talk isn't as free as it is about a preemptive or surgical military strike. You know that part of the world. The population centers, Andrea and the general, have talked about uh, South Korea, the Japanese, and so on and so on. It's our job as the news to scare people to death. Hmm. So now, knowing that, that that's the goal, I want you to go out there in the world and disregard the news. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least maybe take it with a bit more of a grain of salt. A pile of salt. A pile of, a few grains of salt. Totally, yeah. Awesome. Um, Do come back. Of course. Whenever you'll have me. Well... When our schedules work. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. We will do it. It was a struggle to get in here this time. (laughs) It was. Well, my wife just had a baby, so. Oh, I understand. I do understand. Yeah. Most of it was weather related. Yes. I got stuck out of town for a couple days after Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was that, you know, that massive blizzard that hit. Yeah. That was fun. Mm -hmm. That was when we were originally supposed to do it. Yes. And that didn't work out. Did not at all. All right. This is the Campus Report from the Wine Mobile Podcast Network. This January 10, 2019. Thanks, Alex, for coming in. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Anytime. We'll have uh, some more film stuff to talk about. I'll take you up on that. That'll be fun. Awesome. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. WineMobile.com slash podcast if you're interested that way. We're on the iTunes and the Google Play Store for those of you interested that way. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. This is the Campus Report.